So what's weird about time is mm-hmm. that we're recording this now, mm-hmm. but when people are listening to this, it will be much later. <laughs> Listen, um, Marcel Proust, Swan's Way, wrote an entire <laughs> long epic about time. The, does it apply here? Nope. Okay. So, so <laughs> I was just, I wanted to talk about Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon because at, mm-hmm. at this recording, that's all the internet is talking about. Yeah. It, that's all the internet and all the pop culture podcasts are talking about is Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston mm-hmm. and how Jennifer Aniston is great in maybe a not great show, morning show. I've heard it's not great. Really? You looked surprised. I haven't. Like... I, I've only watched just clips and trailers. I so just I want to talk about Jennifer yes. Aniston aging mm-hmm. and Reese Witherspoon aging. Okay. They're, obviously, Reese Witherspoon is younger, but she's not some kind of ingenue. No. She's... How old is she? 40-something. I mean, she's got yeah, teenage kids. She's got kids, teenage children. Which, okay, side note real quick, her son... Cutie. What a cutie Yeah, patootie. I thought he was older because he looks older than I am. He looks older than me. He's not. He's not. No. Hunter. He's I know. Not. I literally was like, I was so embarrassed when I was like, I was like, oh, he's so cute. It's like and all then, of the internet checking on Noah Centineo. How old yeah. is he? Or Timothy Chalamet. Oh, he's old enough. He's, he's 23. Old. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's not old though. I know. The older I get, the younger people seem. Same. Does that make sense? Yes. I think if I met Timothy Chalamet in real life, I would probably feel like, oh yeah, you're 23. You're yeah. a child. <laughs> I feel that way about like when I, like when I meet like, high schoolers now I'm not that far I'm like 26 but like I meet high schoolers now and I'm like whew there is a gap now yeah. like I feel it <laughs> I feel it yeah. Jordan and I went out to eat the other night and we must have accidentally stumbled upon like the high school we were in Tallahassee <laughs> mm-hmm. and we must have stumbled upon like where everybody's coming after this game and mm-hmm. we wouldn't which we would not have known except a bunch of sheriff sheriff officers mm-hmm. what do you call those is that right sheriff's men? police officers they were sheriffs though. oh sheriff oh i don't know okay well a bunch of sheriff people mm-hmm. came in and and they came up to our table and they were like do you guys go to that game pretty great and we were like do we look 16 to you because maybe we do i honestly don't know anymore i feel like we're looking older i feel like i not so many moons ago when we first moved to thomasville i got mm-hmm. carded for an r-rated movie mm-hmm. but i feel like now when I, my friend and I were talking about this, it's like over the age of 30, mm-hmm. you look in the mirror and like after maybe, let's say not a good night's sleep or mm-hmm. maybe you've worked really hard and now we do look in the mirror and think, no, we look, we look our age now. Mm-hmm. That's how we feel. But maybe older people think we look like children. I think, I think that like every generation starts looking younger and younger. Maybe it's just that like we all learned to take a little bit better care of ourselves. I don't know. So Jennifer yes. Aniston, Reese Witherspoon. I think in this show, she, Reese Witherspoon is supposed to be this ingenue, which I find mm-hmm. interesting because she's not... That's young. right. She isn't... Yeah, in the trailer, she's like that. Yes. Yeah. But Jennifer Aniston, I guess, is supposed to be like a Katie Couric type character. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Anyway, Jennifer Aniston is aging like a Greek goddess. Is that fair to say? Yes. Like yes. she... Do you think... Here's my question. How can you tell if, a pla- if somebody's had plastic surgery? Has she had surgery? I don't know. Or Botox or... Like, I cannot... I thought you would know. Cosmetology. I know you would think, but, like, I really don't because I don't... I don't know. I don't think she has. I don't think she has. I just think that she drinks a lot of that smart water. Do you think... Look, (laughs) maybe so. Do you think celebrities can recover from acne? Yes. Name me one. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I'm just just saying, so I... (laughs) Made it through high school and college mm-hmm. relatively unscathed. Toward the end of college, started to get pretty bad. Mm-hmm. 25, I had awful cystic acne. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. And I 
just look at celebrity skin and I'm like, how'd you make it through life unscathed? Or is it just that they have really good skincare? Well, I mean, you know, Tyler had really, he was on Accutane. Oh, and, his skin looks nice. Yeah, and he like, and I mean. Accutane works. I mean, it's horrific, yeah, but it yeah. works. Oh, his, yeah, his skin is really dry though. And like, sometimes I'm like, please use this moisturizer. <laughs> no. Um, but he has good skin. He does have good skin. I guess skin, I look at Jennifer Aniston and I'm like, your skin looks flawless. Mm-hmm. Reese Witherspoon's does too. And I just wonder, does anybody in Hollywood like have scarring? Yeah, I don't know. I think Brad Pitt does, actually, now that I'm yeah. thinking that. He but does. That is sexy, though, I think. Like, <laughs> I think that just, like, that little bit of, like, edge there. So I have gone on record as saying I think Brad Pitt is too handsome. Like, oh. I don't find him attractive. Okay. Oh, I don't. I'm so sorry. He, <laughs> he's too, like, he's not attractive to me. Except the older he gets, I think the more oh. attractive I find him. Like, I do not find him, what was popular when I was in high school? Meet Joe Black. Do you mm-hmm. remember that movie? I feel like that was popular when I was in high school, and I thought, Brad Pitt is ugly. <laughs> Did you not see Fight Club? Uh, I did much later. Okay, see, like, oh, swoon. <laughs> like, oh, I'm sad that we started talking about Jennifer Aniston and somehow wound up at Brad Pitt. She can't get away from Oh, me. yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just... Uh, Sorry, Jen. From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And today, we are recording Backlist Book Club, Volume 6, and I am joined by Hunter McClendon. Hey, Hunter McClendon. You can find me at Shelf by Shelf on Instagram, Twitter, even though I don't really tweet. And I didn't even know you were on Twitter. Um, Yeah, like I have like my personal Twitter where I just like cry and vent and then I have my shelf by shelf Twitter where I cry and vent about books okay instead I like it I appreciate that um so we did a poll Mm -hmm. what were the choices Heartland 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 by Sarah Marsh Marsh I think okay I'm sorry I'm having flashbacks I am listening and obsessed with the new Dolly Parton podcast Have you listened to any of it? It's so good. I think Sarah, who wrote Heartland, is quoted in the first episode. I think she's a a voice on the first episode of that Dolly Parton podcast. Okay. I think. Anyway, the people spoke loud and clear. I don't think this was close at all. No. They wanted Trevor Noah's Born a Crime. So here, can I tell you why I was looking forward to this? Yes. Okay. So we knew we had to do this quick, and Mm -hmm. we had just done East of Eden. Mm -hmm. So we literally went around the bookshelf and tried to find skinny books, as I recall. I remember, yeah. like what is backlist that is mm-hmm. thin um i was headed to birmingham two or three weeks ago mm-hmm. and i thought great i have heard nothing but good things about this audiobook mm-hmm. and that is honestly one of the things that sold me on this book was i was like i'm gonna get to knock this out on my drive to and from birmingham mm-hmm. could i do that hunter no i could not why because it is an audible exclusive come on i look and i know uh, like you've got to do what you've got to do. Like I understand mm-hmm. Amazon is, has cheap books. Like mm-hmm. it is my personal nemesis, but I understand that it might not be everyone's. But why, but, Trevor Noah? But the audiobooks that like I don't know. That's mm. right. Why do you yeah. get to have an audio, audio ex- book exclusive? Right. And 
I'm a little disappointed in Trevor Noah. Yeah. Like, so we couldn't get it, basically, if you're new here, we couldn't get it from Libro FM. Mm-hmm. Libro FM supports independent bookstores like ours, but not just ours. You can support your local independent bookstore that way. Um, it's the same type of audiobook app as Audible or Scribd? Scribd? That's what Jordan used to use. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so we couldn't find it there. And then we found out it was an Audible exclusive, which also made me mad because you know what else is an Audible exclusive? What? The Babysitter's Club. <gasps> They're making that an audio- Audible Stop. exclusive. Yeah. Ugh. And Audible, if you're not familiar, is an Amazon mm-hmm. thing. So. Uh, wait. <laughs> I just have to. One of my friends, she canceled her Audible, but she still had her like titles that she bought. So I listened to part of this. Okay, with so hers. you did. So I did. Was it good? Yes, but he pronounces Adidas Adidas. Oh sure, that's his. And, that's his yeah. South African and, accent. And I was, and so I literally. Spent, well, that was like, thrown off. Yeah, <laughs> we're thrown off by that. Yes, and also like sometimes whenever he speaks as a child, it just really threw me for a loop because I just don't. Know Does he I, put on a voice for that? Yes. Oh, okay, interesting. But yeah, I um. The good news is because I'm familiar with Trevor Noah, mm-hmm. I feel like weirdly my brain is weird, and so as I was reading, I could hear him telling me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is it, it's written visual. in his voice. Yeah, like it's written with his candor. Yeah, ca- ca- cadence. Cadence. Yeah. Yes. And candor yeah. in some cases. <laughs> okay, so we read Trevor Noah's Born a Crime stories from a South African childhood. Why don't you go in telling people what you thought this was going to be, so you can kind of give them a heads up? <laughs> yeah. Um, I read a ton of like bookstagram reviews that were like, this is this hilarious, quirky book about his childhood growing up in South Africa, which I've been to South Africa. I knew about the I forgot time. you've been there. Uh, yeah, I went there on my honeymoon. Oh. And um, which there were several times where I was like, oh, memories. But um, also kind of sad. But <laughs> I knew about the apartheid and I was like, oh, that's probably going to have a part to do with this. Right. But I, anyway, so I like go in. And then this is a very heavy book that deals with domestic violence and a lot of actual crime. And it's still funny, but I think it's really important to know that like there is some really heavy subject matter in this book. Yeah, it's not, um, as we were saying off air, it's not Mindy Kaling or Tina Fey right. doing like a funny essay collection. Mm-hmm. In fact, <clears throat> so I went into this just knowing I have had customers who have read this and loved it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those books that I just did not pick up when it came mm-hmm. out in hardback. I... It was, it's kind of sold itself at the bookshelf. And we sold a lot of these. Like, mm-hmm. it was very popular. It was a New York Times bestseller. Um, but I had a customer's husband rave about it. And so I thought, if I ever make the time, like, or if I ever have the time, I think mm-hmm. I'd like to read this eventually. I would like to say that I started reading it, and it was a little, for me, and I don't know about you, we haven't talked. I, it was slower going for me at first than yes. I thought. Is that, yes. did you feel that too? Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't because I went in thinking it was going to be comedic or like bossy pants esque. I just, um, it almost felt academic. Academic. Like, mm-hmm. That's a great word. Like I've kind of felt like, and I didn't get, it wasn't so much that I got bogged down, but it is a lot of history of mm-hmm. South Africa, which I appreciate, yeah. but it was not maybe what I was anticipating. Um, he, one cool thing I think in terms of format mm-hmm. is that he's got like in bold, I don't know what, I don't know in audiobook what it would have sounded like, but he's got this section that almost, or like a page or two mm-hmm. that almost acts as a preface to the following essay. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I, I kind of liked that cause it let me know what I was about to get into in mm-hmm. terms of content. Um, but it was slow for me for the first 
I don't know, 50 pages? I was about to say, 40 or 50 pages for me, I was like pushing and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. Me too. And yeah. I and I don't want to discount his stories. I just wasn't sure if I was going to enjoy it. Right. Um, but then I really did kind of, I think I had to get used to his voice also. Mm-hmm. Um, and once I did, I kind of was hooked. You know, the best comp to me for this um, is The Color of Water by James McBride. I still haven't read it. I mean, oh, I you're going to, you will love that okay. book. The reason I say that is because and we have talked about this before, Chris and I, for a while, Chris was looking, I think because of curriculum, he mm-hmm. was looking for mother-son books, and it's like we couldn't find any, and yeah. I think it's hilarious, now I feel like I find them all the time. Yeah. Um, but this is for sure a mother-son book. Mm-hmm. This is, even more than his own personal growing up, it mm-hmm. feels like, at least for me, the most powerful essays had to do with his relationship with his mom. Mm-hmm. Did you find... Yes, and also, it's so funny, because I had a feeling that she would probably really like his mom and the way that him and his mom, cause there's a lot of talk about faith in this book. Yes, there is, which you know, that's my sweet spot. Yeah. And like, <laughs> and it's so funny because I thought, I thought it was handled really well and I liked being able to have both of their perspectives. Yes. And I feel like he was respectful of her while still like, I think he was totally respectful. Um, and I found myself even as a person of faith, um, Christian faith, which his mother is. Um, but I tend to be, uh, Trevor Noah's responses to his mother felt very familiar to me. Mm -hmm. So his mother is very, um, she really believes in the healing power of Christ. She believes Mm -hmm. in, he talks about, especially toward the end, there's a closing chapter that I found to be really powerful, but he talks about how she prays to Jesus and acts like Jesus is going to solve her problems. And he's like, but mom, Jesus and God gave us medicine mm-hmm. and medicine is what helps solve our health problems. Or And so I love their kind of grappling with each other's faith, but you're right. He still did it in an, in a really respectful way. You can tell he respects his mom. Yeah. I also thought there's a lot in here about setting up boundaries between your family. And yeah. I did not realize, um, cause I have watched Trevor Noah's show, but I'm not like mm-hmm. a faithful viewer of his show. Yeah. Um, he really kind of lived apart from his mom for a period of time mm-hmm. in adulthood. It sounds like because yeah. he didn't like the decisions she was making. Mm-hmm. And he, as an adult had to say, I can't be a part of this. And I thought that was really, it was sad to me, but I also thought, wow, good for you, man. Yeah. Like way to set those boundaries in adulthood. That's hard to do. Like, I will say, this is going to sound so bad, but, like, I recognized so much of, like... Like, I really identified with this book in a lot of ways. I couldn't... Based on some of the stories you've told about your own upbringing, I think that's true. Yeah, like, it... And what's so funny is is that, like, there were so many moments where he would, like, make choices that, like, were really, like, really poor choices. And I feel like if I'd read this book at 18, I wouldn't... I wouldn't have known that some of the choices he made were wrong until he said them. Mm. But now I can tell that I've like grown a lot and I've gone to therapy side because I was like, I was like, Trevor, that is not good. And and I, and that was just like a very interesting thing. And then, but by the end of it, I was like, I just, cause you don't really get, you don't, I don't think you really understand like the gravity of like, of how, just how much he's been through. Yes. When you like just watch his show, but reading this, I was like, oh, this is. It was also, okay. So I think part of the reason it felt felt a little bit academic is I think he's really trying to do South African history justice. Mm -hmm. And I think he's really trying to portray it as honestly as he can possibly do. Mm -hmm. And so I respected that because unlike you, I have not been to South Africa (laughs) and I know about apartheid. I know about Nelson Mandela. Um, 
but I wouldn't say it's a, something that I grew up knowing a lot about. No. And so those first few chapters where he talks a lot about colonialism, mm-hmm. and especially as of this recording, Harry and Meghan just finished their like tour. Yeah. So interesting to read these things in light of the problem South Africa has because of their ties to Great Britain. Mm-hmm. And I also, it was good for me as a Christian to read about the problematic role Christian missionaries have played in racism and yeah. in forcing a culture to a to adopt white culture. I so yeah. so I appreciated that. It was hard for me to read, um, but I it was not something I was super familiar with. Sadly, and I don't like that um, yeah. that that was new that that was new information to me. I appreciate because I think it's his grandma who's still she like she embraced the Christian faith but she also she held on to her um kind of traditional south african roots and i really appreciated when it brought when he brought up that you know people think that christian faith is like it all makes total sense because but also probably because that's all we've ever known for for most of us and so when you like of course the other stuff's gonna seem strange but like he was talking about how you know their stuff may seem strange to you but it's like what they've grown up with forever so that's just and i think so i did not do a ton of um quote unquote, I'm using air quotes, uh, mission work as a teenager. Mm -hmm. And I have thoughts Mm -hmm. (laughs) about churches that do quote unquote (laughs) mission work. Um, but Jordan did. And one thing Jordan has commented as he has become Mm -hmm. an adult is what are we really doing when we do that? Uh, as white, uh, for the, uh, Jordan and I both grew up in the South. So Southern Christians, like Mm -hmm. what is it that we're really doing and what are we trying to accomplish? And what are we doing when we're really just making people adopt our culture? Not even our beliefs so much as it is how we worship. Right. So I think it's an interesting conversation and interesting coming from Trevor Noah. Like, Mm -hmm. I appreciated that. Um, I, okay, I do have a question for you in Mm -hmm. terms of the format of the book. Did you like, it does not go in chronological order. No, yeah. And I, I, there was one point where it did, I was like, wait, did he go back in time? And he, and it, but like, as soon as I got it, I was fine. But yes. like, it would take me a second to like. It took me a minute to place myself when the chapters began. So they've got this, he's got this kind of bolded page or two, mm-hmm. and then he'll go into an essay. And it took me a minute. I think the formatting is fine. But because it doesn't read like essays, it reads more autobiographical. Mm-hmm. I think for a minute I was like, wait, how old are you? Like, um, especially the last chapter, which is extremely harrowing. Yeah. Um, I, can we talk? I mean, it's not spoiled. It's been out a while. I think it'll be fine. So Trevor Noah's mother gets shot by mm-hmm. an abusive husband, ex-husband. And it it's really a horrific chapter. And it's, and it's Trevor Noah also grappling with what domestic violence looks like. Mm -hmm. And he had set up these boundaries between him and his mom Mm -hmm. um, because he felt like he couldn't deal with it anymore. And then also him looking back and wondering, did I do the right thing? Did I handle her situation appropriately? Um, And he's not sure that he did. Um, But he talks about his relationship with his mom's husband Mm -hmm. and you can't I couldn't figure out how old he was. Like it took me forever to figure out how old were you when she married him? I I, I don't know. Like it took me a while to figure out how old were you when your new brother was born. I couldn't mm-hmm. place it. So that was the only part I felt like I would have appreciated a chronological order. Mm-hmm. Um, but weirdly, the stuff about um, his his stepdad's, I guess, his stepdad's um, mechanical, or his 
mechanic shop mm-hmm. reminded me weirdly of um, Ecology of a Cracker Childhood. Okay. Isn't that funny? Like, I just feel like there's something about, um, I don't know, both of those really kind of intense um, settings, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, I could taste and feel and smell both of those places. Yeah. And the, in my memory, they felt similar. Um, I would just like to say, I was very curious. I don't put reviews on Goodreads, but I did go and check just oh, to see. Oh, did you? Um, I read a lot of one-star reviews of this book. Oh, that's interesting. And I was very... Do you think it's because they went into it thinking it was going to be his take well, on like politics or something? I, listen, I read a lot of... <laughs> I like I read a lot of reviews, and, I, and they were like extensive about like why they didn't like this book. Okay. And... A lot of people didn't like the chron- like they thought that the chronology, the chronological order, the, the lack of that was mm-hmm. was a, enough of a deterrent to rate it one star, which I find really strange. That is strange because I wouldn't say that at all. Like right. you, it just took me a minute. Right. Um, but I don't think it's so confusing that you can't figure it out. Right. You're smart. You can do it. Right. Well, and also people were like, people did not believe that he'd gone through so much. And let me just say this. It's like, I'm just going to be really real for a second. It really drives me insane when people question people's personal stories like this Mm -hmm. like people question people like this people question me about Mary Carr and Mm -hmm. Tara Westover from Educated and the reason why it drives me crazy is because especially because we're in a time now where people are saying like you know we need to like appreciate like people are telling like their truth yeah and like and we need to believe their truth like it's we're not calling it like the the capital T truth right we're saying this is their truth and I think that their story yes if that that word makes you feel better right and so I feel like if you want to like, if you want to say that like people's like tr- like their story is is important, then you can't discount it by saying that it's not real. Especially because I feel like stories like this one and educated and stuff like, I believe it because I recognize and I don't know if this is just from like growing up in it or not, but it I can I can always tell when someone is uh-huh. exaggerating or making Faking. a little bit yeah like it's it there's like just there's like a you can kind of get a whiff of it and mm-hmm. and you I. I definitely believe Trevor Noah because it was so what did people find not believable like did they just not believe it because his, of how he's turned to act like I'm confused what I, a well, weird thing to say people didn't believe he got away with so much theft let okay. me tell you my stepbrother got away with a lot of theft <laughs> and they did not believe that his um they because his stepdad is abusive like not it's not frequent it, it sounded like a lot of times in fits of drunkenness yes if I'm not mistaken yeah and the thing is, he because it was like there was a three year period where he didn't mm-hmm. hit her, and then there was like a two year period after that, and then it became more frequent after that. And what I don't think people realize is, is that, you know, that's how some abusive people really do start. Is that it goes from one time and like really making sure that you like like I mean because abusive people they think that they're like not gonna like they tell themselves they're not gonna get worse and they don't need help and stuff. And so like if you get in that anyway, I'm not gonna like go into like all that, <laughs> but. But I do, I found it very honest to what those experiences have looked like. From, and authentic. Yes. That's so interesting. I did not, mm. um, also, that's why Goodreads sometimes scares me, just being totally honest. But um, I did not get that at all. And maybe it's from interacting with you and knowing some mm. of the things you have gone through. But I read it and felt like, yeah, this seems very real. The, one of the chapters that was really heartbreaking to me um, there were a couple. Uh, it was so I said I was familiar and as familiar as a white girl born and raised in the South could mm-hmm. be familiar with apartheid. Did you learn that from America's Next Top Model? Because I did. 
right? Like, like you know, I know um, as much about it as yes. you know mm-hmm. as one yeah. one could. But um, but what I found interesting is their racial groups are mm-hmm. so different, and so he kept using the phrase "colored" and um, "black." And those are very different things. Like it was, it took me a minute to like change my a very Southern American. Well, and Asian uh, people are considered Asian people are considered black. Yes. Yeah, which I didn't know that part. I appreciated his ability to explain that, but in a really tactful, thoughtful way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he's talking a lot about the different racial divisions that exist in South Africa. And then when he goes, he spends a couple of night or a week, I think, in jail, Mm -hmm. Um, and he talks about how. Um, it was just kind of something you knew everybody was going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, I, I think one thing I would really like to be clear about is this is not Trevor Noah's like book about his rise to fame right. or like about, and this is another thing I appreciate about, about this book. And that's why I asked about the criticisms of it. This isn't about Trevor Noah, like rising up from the ashes of South Africa. Right. He speaks pretty fondly mm-hmm. now. Not of apartheid, no, but, but he speaks fondly of his mother. He mm-hmm. speaks fondly of his cousin. Like, his relationship with his cousin is really special to me. Mm-hmm. Um, he speaks, and maybe fondness is not the right word. He speaks very authentically mm-hmm. about how he was raised without being like, look at me and look at what I've been able to accomplish despite coming from here. Yeah. Like, that's not his story at all. Mm-hmm. So if you're, this is not a book um, about somebody like, rising to the top and I educated is another great comp I think well and I think what people don't understand I think when people want that I think what happens is is the people who do that I rose from the ashes kind of thing I think they haven't had enough time to really uh-huh. I mean because Mary Carr in, in the art of memoir she talks about how even if you had the worst parents in the world if you're still living and you live with them that whole time, they had to have fed you and like right. had the lights on. Like they, right. they might have beat you all the time, but like they, like you, you can't just say they beat me all the time. Period. You have to say, like you have to include it all mm-hmm. because the reality is is that even the worst people are not always the worst. Like right. and like it's hard to say that, and that's like, hard to grapple with. I think yeah. especially in 2019, like I think we're really coming to terms with that. Right, we're mm-hmm. watching our heroes fall every day. Yeah. <laughs> We're we're watching our heroes fall right before our eyes. And we're really, I think as a culture, having to grapple with people do terrible things. Mm -hmm. Does that make them terrible people? Sometimes, yes. Yeah. Like, I don't, you know, it's a tricky question. One, I am very much, if you're listening to this, very much not qualified to answer. But I appreciate um, Trevor Noah acknowledging, I grew up in apartheid. Mm -hmm. I was literally as the title suggests, born a crime. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. It was racist. It was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still love my home. I guess that's what I'm what, yes. what I'm trying to say. I don't know if I'm saying it well. Um, but I appreciated he still clearly has a love for his heritage. Mm-hmm. This is not him saying, "Look at me. Look at what I did." You know, now I'm this famous comedian. In fact, what is so interesting about this book to me? I don't know how Trevor Noah became a comedian at all. Yeah, that is not this book. Yeah. In fact, if I if I didn't know who Trevor Noah was and just read this book, I'd think he must have become a famous DJ. <laughs> right. Which I yeah, I really appreciate. I liked that it did not go. I don't know. I just it. I said in my review, I said because um, I posted it today, and I actually I almost gave it four stars and I gave it five just because I saw those one stars and I was like, no, no. I was like, you deserve more. Yeah. But I. Um, I said, I was like, you don't have to know Trevor Noah to appreciate this book. And also, even if he was not famous, this book, this story needs to be. This book, look, 
uh, this was not a book that was a success because he's a celebrity. Right. No way. Yeah. Th- this book, I, I think, um, the sh- not The Shape of Water, that's that Oscar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, is it Color of Water? The Color of Water. The Color of Water and Educated, if they mm-hmm. married and had a book baby, it yeah. would be Born a Crime. I love making book babies. Yeah. Maybe that's, that's what fun. I'll do for my reviews in 2020. There you go. I thought about doing, I thought about that's doing cute. like, I wanted to do like book comps for each. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, well. <laughs> Stay tuned. Back, back, back off, Amy, because like now I'm stealing this idea all day. Sorry, I'm doing book babies. I like book no. babies in 2020. Yeah, um, but anyway, I think don't go into this. Not only is it not, I know we keep saying, but like Mindy Kaling, Tina Fey, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a comedian's memoir. It's an autobiography yeah. of a South Af- a South African raising and mm-hmm. what it was like to be in his vernacular colored mm-hmm. in a world that did not know what to do with him. He mm-hmm. had a black mother and a white father. I also thought the chapters about his father, the chapter about his dad was really interesting mm-hmm. and the relationship he had with him um, was a little bit heartbreaking yeah. to me. It was a, it's not, it wasn't like the horror story I was expecting. Right. Instead, it just kind of sounded sad. Like yeah. his dad didn't quite know how to be a dad. His mom having to walk behind him on the street whenever they were walking down the sidewalk. Yes. Broke. Yes. Yeah, broke I was you. like, I was like tearing up every time. Yeah. And I was like, you look, I think part of the reason those 40 or 50 pages were it's not just that they're academic, although they are, because you're getting mm-hmm. this rich South African history. It's also that they're hard. They're sad. Yeah. I, I was sitting, ironically, in the therapist's office, trying desperately, because also it, because the first 40 or 50 pages were a little tougher, it took me a minute. Yeah. And I was on a deadline. Like, I had to finish this. <laughs> but I was in the therapist's office, and um, she came out to get me, and she was like, oh, I really enjoyed that book. What do you think so far? And I was like, it's sad. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that was all I could say. I wasn't expecting it to be funny. Like the, uh, my customers who yeah. I had interact with had told me, um, and, and there are parts that are funny, mm-hmm. but funny because he's able to make them funny. There's a chapter about him admitting, um, a really, really interesting look at how, um, he grew up feeling about the Holocaust yeah. I thought it was fascinating. And this chapter about this kid he knew named Hitler. Which that also upset a lot of people. Oh. And I don't think people understood. You got to read the whole chapter. Right. Like you can't just read an excerpt of this. Like because it's humorous. Yes. But he is also acknowledging. Yeah. I We didn't know what we We didn't know what we were doing. We mm. didn't know what he had done. And also we saw horrific things every day. And I did appreciate the Holocaust was horrific and terrible mm-hmm. and a blight on world history. Um, Trevor Noah is kind of saying, yeah, nobody's paying attention to what's happening in Africa. Yeah. And I thought that's fair. And we don't talk. Yeah. He's right. We don't talk about it. No, yeah. Well, I mean, I think about when I think about what I learned when I was in elementary school. Right. I remember the Holocaust. Other things that I remember, I do not like. I rem- Okay, I do remember the Trail of Tears being skimmed over briefly. Oh, and I did like- a paper on the Trail of Tears. It broke okay. me in two. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he talks about, I wish I had it in front of me, um, because in that chapter about Hitler, I believe what he says, and because I, I think he says it really well, um, is it's something about, oh gosh, I think I might have found it. Um, I often meet people in the West who insist that the Holocaust was the worst atrocity in human history without question. Yes, it was horrific. But I often wonder, with African atrocities like in the Congo, how horrific were they? The thing Africans don't have that Jewish people do have is documentation. And I re- that broke my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, thanks to my parents and thanks to, I guess, my schools, like I did get to go to the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C. And it is 
I mean, you can't make it through that museum without bursting into tears. Mm-hmm. Um, but the documentation makes that history feel relevant and yeah. alive. And those images are horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but that really made me, it made me think. And I appreciated. I did not go into this book thinking I was going to get an education. And I feel mm-hmm. like I did. Yeah. Well, and I will say, I like, this is less, but like, when I went on my honeymoon, I remember at one point, we like passed by, like they, there was this large field and there was all of these little shacks that were like so, so tiny. I mean, like, like it's like one bedroom of our thing, but it was like an entire house for these yes. people. And there's like whole families in there. And there's like, there was over a thousand in this field. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was, and they were like, and I asked, I was like, oh, what is that? And I remember they were like, oh, well, this is where, like, like during the apartheid, this is where they all were. This was their section, yeah. like, the, you know, for the black people. And I remember being overwhelmed by that. But then like, I, sometimes I feel like it just takes being able to imagine somebody so fully formed as a human to imagine them being in the place like mm-hmm. that. And to imagine like people that Trevor Noah, like, knew and grew up with and was around and him himself and like what that would have been like Mm -hmm. and it was like really heartbreaking to imagine like him possibly being in certain areas like you know I think that's cool that you were able to visualize that because you had actually seen something Mm -hmm. like that because part of what was hard for me while reading it was trying to picture he mentions a lot of different neighborhoods Mm -hmm. because he because he didn't fit anywhere I mean that's one of the things that was so heart-wrenching was that he was this kid who couldn't have a place Mm -hmm. and so sometimes most of the time he found I felt like he found his people or his friends um with the group of black kids Mm -hmm. but sometimes it was the colored kids and sometimes perhaps less often it was the white kids but it's like he didn't know where he fit Mm -hmm. and it's like his mom didn't know either um I appreciated her because it felt like she just stuck herself wherever she she felt like they needed to go mm-hmm. but they moved around a lot they did a, a couple I feel like two or three different neighborhoods and it mm-hmm. took me sometimes a minute to place myself that goes back to the chronology I just had trouble remembering which was this neighborhood because sometimes it was a neighborhood that was a colored neighborhood mm-hmm. one time it was a black neighborhood and so I was trying to remember and and but what's sad is that both places they did not belong right um or they felt like they did not they did not fit mm-hmm. um and he also, I think, does a really good job of talking about how apartheid was terrible and racist and wrong. And then looking at American culture and American hate. He said, in, he talk, doesn't he talk about like, which I thought was interesting because I have a friend from Germany and I don't know if this is if this was true anymore, but, um, he talked about how in Germany, like they study it in the history books, like the Holocaust over Mm -hmm. and over again and what happened in Germany. And, and then he says that in South Africa, right. Wasn't this help me figure this out in South Africa and in America, it's like, we say it was terrible, but then we like tie it up with a pretty bow. Yeah. And we don't acknowledge that racism is still happening. Yeah. And so he, he also, this is also a commentary to some extent. Maybe another comp would be Ta-Nehisi Coates' book because, mm-hmm. because he talks a lot about um, race in America and, yeah. how it compa- and how racism in America compares. There's particularly a really interesting little um, section about police and, and mm-hmm. police in South Africa and how they just pull over black people all the time and they don't really give a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, in America, they've learned to give a reason. And that also felt, that was, yeah. that was, it was hard. Yeah. Um, but I, 
I guess I'm really impressed with his writing. Like the writing Same. is really good. Yeah. I, you never know, but I don't think a ghostwriter. I mean, no, it's hard to say, I but I doubt it. Well, it's funny. So I right before I read this, I read another celebrity memoir. Right before Busy Phillips. Busy Phillips. <laughs> Have you? Did you? I haven't read it. I've listened to it. Okay. It is actually. Did she read it? Yes. Okay, that'd be entertaining. I did not think it was well written. Yeah. But it was so conversational that listening to it was perfect. Was pleasant. Okay. I literally stayed in bed. I, I called out on last Friday and stayed in bed all day to listen to it because it was so good. Okay. Um, but it was also, you'd think it's so funny. It is very heartbreaking to see the way that men have like just treated her. Yes. And so to read that and then to be like, oh, this is going to be funny. And then it definitely, it is not a laugh. There are a couple of funny things because mm-hmm. he is snarky and witty, Yeah. but it is not to me laugh out loud funny. This is an autobiography. I'm going to stand by it's color of water meets, um, educated. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it though. I did for, too. You said five stars. Yeah. I think I'd give it four. I would. Okay. I would give it four. I almost gave it four, but then because of the one stars, I gave it five. You're just trying so. to make up for the rest of the public. Yes. I get it. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks, Hunter. This is our last one before the holidays. Oh, you're right. So happy holidays, everybody. I mean, we'll be back for from the front porch, <laughs> but this is our last backlist book club. If you have suggestions for books you'd like us to read in 2020 for backlist book club, can they message you? Yeah. Yeah. Can you message Hunt? <laughs> message me. Message Hunter. Um, if you have backlist books that you think would be really good. Um, I am terrible about reading backlist titles because of my job. And so this has been fun. I feel like I've read a lot of great backlist books yeah. this year. Um, so thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. bottom of the barrel again started out strong but now we're coming up thin oh we have cast our lots with all the devils of sin oh my god oh my god oh my god from the front porch is a production of the bookshelf it's produced by me annie jones and chris jensen and edited by chris jensen you can find any of the books we've talked about on today's episode i guess we did talk about more than one book yeah you can find them all at bookshelfthomasville.com forward slash shop If you'd like to learn more about From the Front Porch or find show notes, extra bonus content, etc., etc., you can go to fromthefrontporchpodcast.com or, fun, 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 support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash fromthefrontporch. Um, This is where we put all of our bonus episodes, including our new release Tuesdays and, oh, unpopular opinions. Special thanks for our theme music, Bottom of the Barrel by Forlorn Strangers, also known these days as The Rally Club. This week, at the bookshelf-ish, funny thing happened, Chris and Kelsey got married! (laughs) We have recorded so many of these episodes in advance so that Chris could go get married. Um, Chris married Kelsey in Tampa this past weekend, as of this release. (laughs) Um, I was there. (laughs) I was there in the future. (laughs) I was there in the future. It was beautiful, I am sure. Past, present, future. <laughs> um, but anyway, if you get a chance, tell Chris congratulations. We are very, very happy for him. And we will see you guys next week. 